RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Marissa Bidwar has been the Restaurant Association Chief Executive for the last 12 years. So who better to talk to to find out, number one, the uh, sort of condition of the restaurant sector in New Zealand, given what we've all been through, and some of the challenges that the digital world is throwing up for people operating restaurants. So, Marissa, welcome to Reality Check Radio. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. And that's quite a stretch as chief executive um, of an organization, in this case, the Restaurant Association. Did you ever think you'd be in the job that long? To be honest, no, I absolutely did not. Um, But, you know, the the great thing about the role that I'm in um, and the industry I serve is that there's never been a dull moment. And I think that's sort of what's kept me engaged in the position for so long. Um, We've seen exponential growth. We've seen a lot of change happening. You know, there's new projects to do uh, to support. um, And it really, at the end of the day, is looking after people. And, you know, that brings me a lot of satisfaction in, in my role. It's helping the small businesses, um, you know, handle all of the things that are thrown at them as a small business owner. Um, and I think really that's what gets me up in the morning and gets me excited and motivated about my role. I bet it was just uh, bumping along just fine up to about two and a half, three years ago. And then everything changed, be fair yeah. to say, right? Absolutely. It was like night and day, essentially. I mean, like the the whole world, um, our industry was completely impacted, um, you know, and and in many cases, uh, one of the most impacted industry alongside tourism specifically, um, you know, our businesses uh, couldn't in many cases trade. Uh, it, it was sort of closing the doors situation for them, um, which A lot of our businesses operate on really tight margins as well. So when suddenly um, there's no revenue coming in, um, it really does make a huge impact on businesses, um, you know, well-being and and capability to to trade, you know. So it was absolutely um, a big, a big monumentous change um, for our sector. Reflecting on that, would it be fair to say that it was pretty well Okay, well, it depends on 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 how strong your opinions are, but in the end, it was pretty well for nothing. Well, you know, it's because none of the like- measures achieved any of the goals. Exactly. And, and many of our businesses feel that way that, you know, there was a lot of change. There was a lot of heartache. There was a lot of policy to quickly get your head head around and, and changes. Um, you know, when we think about people scanning in and, and all of those sorts of things, there was so much that that we had to do um, in a very short space of time to cope with it all. And And you're right. You know, many, many people feel that, well, did it did it actually do anything in the end? Okay. And um, the other thing too, um, I haven't heard it being an issue for um, the restaurant sector, but certainly in the liquor selling sector, because we've interviewed a person regarding this, is the clawback that seems to be going on now from IRD Mm. um, to many businesses trying to claw back money that um, was there to cover wages and et cetera and expenses um, because they were like thrown into the situation so quickly. Mm. Now there doesn't seem to be much mercy uh, from IRD, they're, they're trying to get uh, as much money back as possible, and they're kind of trading on what were, were ambiguous uh, conditions and and um, criteria that were delivered at the time. Is mm-hmm. is that a problem in your sector? 
Look, we have had many of our businesses faced with these issues as well um, from IRD. And, and, and as, as you said, conditions change from week to week, depending on, you know, uh, I guess the policy that was happening at that time or, or the level that we were um, sort of asked to be operating under. So there was a lot of uncertainty. Um, and yes, we have, we have been contacted by um, several businesses that are negotiating kind of issues with um, IRD at the moment. We have also been in touch with IRD as well and, um, you know, sort of put to them, uh, I guess, what felt like to our industry, a bit of a change in, in policy in terms of, hey, we're here to support you. Um, and then suddenly it's it's turned around to say, no, no, we actually need as much of that money back as possible. Um, but we have been assured um, by IRD that they're still kind of willing to work with businesses. And, you know, the best policy is to kind of get in touch with them um, if there are any issues. So, while we've had many members reach out to us, we have been able to help sort out some of the, some of those issues as well, thankfully. Okay. Another thing too that seems to be um, a recent development, maybe not so recent, but uh, certainly in the news, and I'm referring to a recent uh, story in one of the, I think, weekend papers regarding, um, and the headline is, Restaurant Owners Fear Fake Review Scammers. Mm. And this is an interesting one because um, I... I I don't read that many reviews, but I take it reviews are quite important in people assessing, you know, when they're looking around to go somewhere yeah. uh, where they might want to go. Mm. And if they hit on a review that is negative, but not true, that's a really bad situation, right? Oh, How, absolutely. Is that happening much? Well, look, um, we had, uh, when that article came out now, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, um, we had like, I don't know, about sort of 30 calls in a row from businesses that had suddenly seen all of these fake reviews appear on their Google account. Um, and so there was definitely a spate of, of um, you know, businesses targeted. And it seemed to be sort of some of the high-end restaurants. Um, first of all, it started in Auckland, and then we did see it sort of spread out across the country um, to include a few others. And since then, we've actually seen even more um, be impacted. So we did a, we're currently sort of collecting a bit of research about this just to kind of really understand the true impact of the issue. Um, and we've got a survey going on. It's still currently open, so this may be subject to change. But essentially, um, we've had over 200 responses so far. Um, and of those res responses, all restaurant and cafe owners, I might add, um, we've seen 40% have been impacted in the last month or had 40% um, have had fake reviews. So, I mean, it's it seems to be growing, this, this issue. Yeah. Has it turned into any sort of blackmail? Like, hey, we'll stop doing this if you. Um, yeah, you know, it hasn't. Play ball? Sadly, that was one of the questions that we've also asked um, in the survey, and we've also dealt with individual businesses in in this situation. Um, but it can be as as sort of small, but I mean, it's not really small in the grand scheme of things. Someone saying, ringing up and saying, "I'll take this review down if you refund." my meal or if you give me a voucher, it could be as small as that. Um, but we've also seen larger scale um, requests for several, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to remove fake negative reviews. Wow. Um, so yeah, yeah there's, it, it's sort of ranging from, I guess what you might call sort of small instances right through to quite significant um, demands for cash. Do you think it's coming from within the country or is this some sort of um, a scam, cyber scam from outside, any way of telling? 
Yeah, it seems to be from what we've kind of gathered, um, it does seem to be an offshore um, scam at this stage. Um, so that's kind of the information that, that we've received so far. But yeah, it's, it sort of seems to be constantly in motion. But from the information that we have right now, it is based off overseas. And what are some of those those um, falsely negative reviews saying? Are they scathing or are they just enough to put doubt in people's minds? Yeah. Uh, how far do they go? Look, some of them are, um, you know, very realistic, um, you know, and then some are just completely like, you know, nowhere near the the mark. Like if you knew the restaurant, you would know that this person had no idea what they were talking about. Like one example um, is someone was talking about a breakfast at, a, at one of the establishments and they didn't serve breakfast at all. So if you had any kind of understanding of, of the type of business it is, then you would just go, hey, this isn't, they're not talking about this place. But some of them are surprisingly accurate, you know, like there is a lot of time going into some of the I mean, reviews. they've done research. They've looked yeah, into they've the done research. They've through the menus. And, yeah, yeah. Mm, absolutely. So wow. it really does kind of depend. Um, and some of them are, you know, I guess, uh, mid, sort of mid-level reviews, just kind of neutral. And then others are just absolutely scathing, you know. Sort of. So how can how how can you fight against something like that? It can you withdraw tough. from being reviewed? Uh, I'm not, mm. you know, I don't know how this kind of works, but yeah. you must be able to like do something to defend yourself, surely. Yeah. Well, look. To be honest, there is. It's quite frustrating in a lot of ways because. Um, the review itself is monitored, um, you know, by. In this case, it was Google who they do have algorithms to try and spot these sorts of things. We have had conversations with them. So, you know, they do a lot of work to stop these things from happening. I think one of the, the stats that we got given was, you know, there was like a thousand um, kind of false reviews that they'd captured within a month for this particular business, but we still saw around 30 getting through. Right. So, you know, it's kind of like in the grand scheme of things, there's a lot of work going on to stop what could be, you know, like an absolutely ridiculous problem. Um, but there's still enough getting through to, you know, create issues. Um, but essentially it's up to the platform to, to remove these reviews. Um, really the only kind of mechanism that is available to a restaurateur is to contact Google. And many of them have been contacting us and we've been contacting Google to sort of say, Hey, yeah. this is going on. What can we do? So, um, we're kind of helping to try and, and solve some of the issue there or come up with a bit of a plan because it certainly is increasing in, you know, um, in occurrence within the industry. And then the other thing that businesses can do um, is respond individually to the reviews as well. But I mean, that if you get suddenly slammed with 200 fake negative reviews, that's a lot of work for you to go through and individually respond to each one or sort of, you know, make a statement somewhere, um, you know, under one of the reviews and refer to the, ones that are beneath that to say, hey, this is a fake review. We've been hit by the scam. That's kind of what we're encouraging our members to do where they can. It's just sort of let their customers know that they've been impacted by the scam. We've tried to, I guess, get enough information out there so the public are aware that this is happening. Um, and that's another thing I'd recommend for your listeners to do is just, you know, when they are looking at reviews or using reviews to decide where to dine, just, you know, look at it, um, make sure that it is legitimate. Um, and there are some things you can kind of do to, to check on that, um, having an understanding of, you know, the opening times of the business, for example, or the restaurant is a good way to start. Um, 
And I think one of the other things is uh, some of the reviews are clearly, um, I guess, a sort of uh, a jumble of words that make no sense whatsoever. They have a pattern of, of, of language or, yes. or of grammar, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And some of the reviews actually, they make no sense whatsoever in any language. But they <laughs> AI. Sort of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so those ones are kind of obvious to spot, but, you know, some of the other ones are pretty, you know, pretty tricky. Wow. Gosh, never had to deal with those things uh, back in the day, eh? Probably... Yeah. <laughs> They'd probably come in when you came into the job 12 years ago, but I, I imagine that they've become a whole lot more relevant. Oh, those, absolutely. Uh, reviews yeah. um, now. Mm. Okay, so that's uh, one issue. Um, after the whole COVID thing, uh, obviously every part of HOSPO took a hit. Restaurants are in that sort of area. How's climbing out of the situation been? How are How is the sector for staff? Um, and um, there's a cost of living crisis, apparently, and uh, obviously people are limiting their discretionary spending. That must mm -hmm. all be showing up somewhere, is it? Absolutely. Um, look, I think uh, no one really expected uh, 2023 to look exactly the way it has, to be honest. Um, I, I think, you know, we didn't expect to start the year with the weather events that were impacted, Um you know, um, so coming out of three years of restricted trading um, periodically has had a huge impact on so many of our businesses. A lot of them are paying back debt that they sort of um, took out to get them through those times. Um, so, you know, there is a lot of kind of impact still being felt by our businesses. But in saying that, the beginning of the year, despite the weather events, it was quite positive for a lot of our businesses across the country, um, you know, minus those that had been severely impacted by the by the extreme weather. We did see some really good um, recovery starting to happen. Uh, for example, comparing sort of sales year on year for the first quarter, we saw an increase of 24%. Um, so, I mean, that that's significant. Keeping in mind, though, of course, we were, that's comparing to a period that did have some restricted trading, and we've also seen cost increases as well. So it's still a healthy increase, um, despite taking into account those, um, those points there. So, you know, things were starting to look reasonably positive, um, and especially as the borders were opened up again, starting to get visitors coming back in. So, you know, there were a lot of good indicators. However, um, with the cost of goods going up, with food costs, for example, going up around 14% for the industry, wow. the cost of okay. business has just become really, really challenging in many cases. And then couple that with the skill shortage, um, many of the, the businesses were not, our businesses, restaurants and cafes were not able to operate fully because they couldn't find the staff. So, you know, they had the customers, but they didn't have the staff. To well, where where to... are the staff then? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, one of the things that impacted our industry in particular um, is really the closed borders because we do rely on migrant workers and, and hospitality. You know, 30% of our workforce was made up of migrant workers um, before COVID. And that includes, you know, holiday working visas, you know, people coming from overseas on their holiday, picking up a bit of work as part of that experience. You know, all of these people sort of contributed to um, keeping our sector going. And so when the borders closed, we suddenly lost, you know, around 30% of that workforce. Um, 
and that was a big gap to fill. fill well, that's a double whammy then. No yeah. trading, no workforce. Mm, yeah, yeah. Wow. So it did kind of, it's, it's definitely posed its challenges, that's for sure. But we have started to see that kind of pick up again. We've seen some of our holiday working visas and more of visas being approved um, over the last kind of nine months in particular. But we are still faced with a skill shortage, and that's something that, um, as an industry, we have been trying to address even prior to COVID, um, looking at how we can basically help people understand what a great opportunity hospitality is for a career um, and the kind of trajectory that you could have if you if you do choose hospitality as a career as well. So those are some of the things that we've been working on. Um, we've also developed... Um, kind of in partnership with the government, um, a better work plan strategy. So we've kind of outlined some key things that we need to work together on um, to help the sector kind of grow. And, and like what, profitable. the example of, of that? Yeah, like one of the things on um, the better work plan is, um, I guess, promotion of the industry as well, talking about the opportunities, um, it's also one of the other things that's outlined there is ensuring that our employers um, have all the tools and resources they need to be good employers as well. Um, like we've rolled out, for example, a program called HospoCred, which is an accredited employer scheme that businesses can work through. It, it covers off all of their obligations and um, helps them be sort of the best functioning businesses that they can be. And that's looking after your staff, it's, it's financial management, it, it's all the, the things that you need in order to run a good, solid, sustainable business. Um, and I think those are some of the things that were identified in the Better Work Plan as well as things that will help lift the industry and, and potentially attract more people into hospitality. Okay, is there anything we've missed? Look, I think we've covered off quite a bit. Um, I think, yeah, the only the only thing that I wanted to say is that hospitality is still a great, you know, it's a great industry to be in. Um, I think one of the things during COVID or when we came out of COVID, so many of our businesses were just, you know, absolutely grateful for the support that we received across the country with customers coming back into restaurants. I think um, even though it was a difficult time, so many of the customers and, and um, I guess the love that New Zealanders have for their local establishments, you know, whether that be the cafe or their local, um, you know, pub or whatever, there's a real attachment. And that really kind of came across, I think, especially during those COVID times. So, you know, it's, we appreciate the support that we, we are given as an industry. All right. Well, it's been interesting chatting with you. Thanks for making a bit of time. Marissa Bidois, 12 years as the chief executive of the Restaurant Association, not planning on going anywhere soon, Marissa. Not on the, the radar at this stage, but who knows what's around the corner. <laughs> okay. Well, we may chat again. Thanks for coming on Reality Check Radio. Thanks for having me. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.